Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, Verman Turkesson highlights his paper, Revisiting Holistic Migration, published in October's The Leading Edge. Verman discusses questioning the Nyquist Shannon sampling theorem, mining gaps in past research, and examining the applicability of holistic migration to seismic field data. He also shares how he connected with Enders Robinson to serve as co-author on the paper. Visit seg.org slash podcast to read Vehrman's article, as well as the rest of the special section on quantitative interpretation in October's The Leading Edge. This episode is brought to you by CGG. At CGG, it has a positive outlook for the future, an optimism that drives them to constantly push the boundaries of what's possible. Blending new thinking and advanced technologies, CGG helps you understand and solve the world's most complex natural resource, environmental, and infrastructure challenges. Let CGG help you to see things differently. Now for our conversation. This article that we're looking at is in October's The Leading Edge, and it's titled Revisiting Holistic Migration. And before we explore how this method applies to seismic data, could you briefly explain how it's possible to reconstruct a broken hologram and why that matters when discussing holistic migration? Yeah, sure. So to understand how it is possible to reconstruct a broken hologram, we must actually first understand how a hologram is recorded and also kind of the general wave propagation behind this form of imaging. So a hologram is recorded by illuminating an object with a laser beam, and then we record the interference pattern of the scattered field and the reference beam. So each point on the object uh, we are imaging acts as a diffraction point, scattering waves that reach the entire measuring surface. Because of this, uh, this also means that each part of the hologram contains information from the entire object. This makes it possible for us to break the hologram into pieces while each piece of the broken hologram has the information to reconstruct the full object. So uh, we can then look at the broken hologram kind of as an analogy to decimated seismic data. So even though there are big differences between the type of wave and stuff, we believe that it's possible to reconstruct a full seismic image from decimated input seismic data in the same way as a broken hologram can reconstruct a full object in uh, optical holography. Yeah, I, I found I found your explanation in the paper very intuitive of how you can reconstruct it, but it, it was kind of really just impressing my mind about applying this to seismic data. What made you and your co-authors want to revisit the theory of holistic migration? So, um, yeah, the, there's always something uh, fun to or challenging to, to challenge these well-established truths that we have in, in the research field. In geophysics, this uh, Nyquist theorem, Nyquist-Shannon sampling theorem can, can be seen as one of these truths, uh, even though there are researchers before us who have, have uh, talked about how this criterion is maybe a bit uh, more relaxed than we, than we conventionally think of it, or especially how we practice it. And it's also in the original works from, from before, uh, we, uh, th- there was uh, very few proper uh, data demonstrations. 
Let, let's kind of take people back. You know, what does the the Nyquist Shannon sampling theorem state? So uh, basically, this uh, sampling theorem control. Yeah, when we're discretizing a continuous signal, this uh, the Nyquist theorem uh, controls the uh, the sampling interval that we require in order to not lose any information. So if we sampled it too uh, too seldom, or if the sampling rate is too long, higher frequency will not be accurately portrayed in the sampled signal, but will suffer from aliasing. Could you explain a, a paradox that sits at the core of your paper? So this kind of uh, relates a bit back to what we already talked about. So how uh, the Nyquist theorem stands as kind of a cornerstone of how we, as geophysicists, understand sampling theory. But this does not really take into account that different seismic events have different spatial sampling requirements depending on uh, the size of the Fresnel zone. So as an example, then, in order to capture local reflection with a very small Fresnel zone, we have to sample the wave field much denser than if we are targeting diffractions, which have a much larger or more global Fresnel zone. Also, would like to add that the the ideas that we present in our paper is not really the first time uh, this uh, Nyquist theorem uh, has been challenged. There's uh, especially two two very good papers by Tracy Stark and Daniel Weiskop, which describe methods to violate the Nyquist criterion in uh, in the time direction, where as opposed to us who more deal in the in the uh, spatial uh, direction. Yeah, not only is reexamining past theory is a good way to craft a paper, but kind of looking at other research and maybe seeing gaps in that research. And speaking of those gaps, you know, what gaps did you see in this original research of Nidal and Robinson that you believe that you could further with your co-authors? So for one, they didn't address uh, the, the, or they, they of course also talked about this regular undersampling of the input data, but they didn't really address the effects, uh, especially with re- regards to signal to noise ratio. And this is something that we have we have furthered and uh, implemented the filtering filtering method as well. So uh, yes, as I mentioned, uh, this uh, regular undersampling results in coherent noise in the migrated section. We have shown how we can remove this by employing a, a so-called uh, median filtering of the migration operator before final summation of the image data. And we also suggest using diffraction-separated data, which kind of is more tailored to, we kind of tailor our seismic problem more to the analogous broken hologram and optical holography again. In the paper, you're using both control data and field data to test your theory did you see good results in each of these cases? So I can say that the short answer is yes, but <laughs> the, the longer answer is that they kind of highlight the different aspects of, of the method. So in the controls data set, we image a structure that is a bit deeper than in the field data, and this allows us kind of to employ a rougher filtering of the migration operator and also do uh, a higher data decimation. This also kind of relates a bit back to this uh, Fresnel zone, as we talked about, and how deeper events tend to have uh, larger Fresnel zones. So with the field data, uh, we image a much shallower gas hydrate uh, in uh, in the Loppa High area in, in the Barents Sea. And this is only about 200 milliseconds below seabed, so very, very shallow. And imaging this with reflection data yielded very, very poor results. But we, when we image the same one with diffraction data, it's a much, much sharper image. Kind of how our method can be applied in a more 
practice is that uh, because this uh, process of diffraction separation is very computationally demanding, the uh, method that we have proposed can lower the threshold for employing this kind of high-fee high uh, imaging of target areas in a way because uh, the, we are lowering the computational cost significantly. In the uh, paper, we actually show that we can use one-eighth of the input data and still get a pretty much the same resolution. Yeah, I think that's going to impress a lot of people reading this paper. What steps did you take to make holistic migration applicable to seismic field data? So I think maybe the the biggest one is that we used uh, diffraction-separated data. I mean, it's kind of... uh, it is kind of not uh, a big difference between, to be fair, there's not a big difference between applying it on on uh, field data and synthetic data. But uh, in in the field data, of course, we had we have to separate the diffractions, and that's a key point, uh, a key part of the process. What would be a good real world case study to use holistic migration? In a way, we have already demonstrated the methods, real-world applicability when we image this shallow gas hydrate. Uh, but uh, we also believe that it can be very good for imaging like uh, residual gas, gas chimney, and also for imaging salt structures. What other areas do you think holistic migration would be insightful? I think it should be um, also applicable in, for example, uh, by using GPR data. But... Uh, and this can maybe especially be true because many of the targets you're imaging in, in GPR form diffracted waves. So, yeah. What what improvements or next steps would you like to take with this method? So you can say that the obvious next step would be to explore if the method can be made applicable for reflections as well. So this again goes back to this uh, paper by uh, uh, publications by Anders Robinson. Um, because he made kind of also the same analogy that we did with uh, with uh, uh, optical holography, but he also justified that it should be valid for reflection data uh, by analogy of Huygens' principle, so or how uh, Huygens basically states that a reflection can be described by an infinite amount of infinitely close diffraction points, and therefore the analogy between diffraction dominated optical holography and reflection dominated seismic data should still uh, still hold in a way. Another extension is that we should uh, maybe move away move away from regular spatial undersampling to uh, non regular undersampling, and this can be seen uh, as a as a this kind of non regular sampling scheme would resemble more uh, the field of sparse sampling. Could pos- possibly also be more uh, uh, suitable for this reflection data because then we are kind of um, sampling more or the entire wave uh, wave field as opposed to only like regular traces or regularly spaced traces, I should say. But if such a method is, uh, or such a non-regular sampling scheme is is employed, you need a different method for suppressing this image domain noise. Uh, Then our our method would not work. So that's also kind of an area that can be furthered. And um, what we did was basically 2D post-Kirchhoff tie migration. So maybe the simplest kind of imaging, but there's no 
obstacle for for extending this to either pre-stack 3D or depth data, as long as you can obtain this um, diffraction-separated data. Yeah. You know, lastly here, you know, you mentioned Anders Robinson, who is a co-author on this paper. You know, it might be helpful for maybe others. You know, how did you get connected to Enders to serve as a co-author on this paper and work with you on it? I think it started about two two years ago when we uh, when I was uh, just finishing up my master's, and this this was when we when we did our uh, me and the other author Leifgelius. Um, we were uh, looking into if there could be something about this uh, holistic migration because I did a, did a master with uh, diffraction separation. Uh, so that's where this, uh, this kind of comes in. And then we just sent him some of our results and he was uh, very interested. And, and uh, yeah, this uh, kind of uh, uh, led to the collaboration. Well, it's a it's a wonderful paper and good for you for sending it off to him and piquing his interest and look forward to, to seeing what comes next. And thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. To receive the latest episodes first, follow Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bakamjan, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.